0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Very welcome PCU, to the program. <laughs> PCU is uh, an American classic. The people who have not seen that uh, should be shamed and potentially jailed. Amen, uh, the brother.
2: The amen. dude from uh, Entourage is in it, right? Oh, it's such a good yeah. yeah. Hey, Jeremy, yeah Piven, Jeremy Piven's yeah.
0: greatest role ever yeah. is in PCU pre-hair it plugs pre-hair plugs 100% pre-hair, 100%, plugs. Yes. pre-hair yes, plugs.
1: Hair plugs and Barry mentioned you... Elton John what, one time i went to a team at the Caesars in LA or in Las Vegas to watch an Elton John concert and it was the most bizarre experience <laughs> there were in, inflatable let's just say uh, inflatable private parts. There you go. That popped uh, yeah. out of nowhere on the stage. It was not expecting that.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a uh, you know it doesn't
0: really help. Of, they were they were of, cribbing off
2: the Rolling Stones. They of, were doing uh, that in the seventies. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, anytime there's any kind of those blow up things involved, you, so, you so, can't take your 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 camera phone out at that point. You so so so,
0: like. so Barrett, have <laughs> yeah, you right. had a conversation with Greg Sankey about his uh, conferences Whoa, performance and that it just means more tagline? I, I was curious about that.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, since there's only one SEC team left, that means we don't have to call for playoff expansion. So I guess that's good <laughs> because I am I'm very anti expansion. Um, yeah, you know, I mean it, it was uh, it was surprising that only one SEC team made it. I, I thought Tennessee, the way Tennessee was playing, mm-hmm. I was a hundred percent convinced that they were going to make the three sixteen. In fact, I had them in my final four. Uh, I thought that that Auburn. Uh, the way it looked in against Jacksonville State, even though they had struggled down the stretch, uh, that Miami, especially considering you know Auburn's length, um, would have been mm-hmm. an easy out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, is the, the SEC overrated? I, I think that at, at this point, um, if people thought it was the best conference in college hoops, then yeah, it's fair to say it's overrated. I still think the Big Ten probably was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe some of the Sweet Sixteen members have have bear, bear, bear that out, but uh, yeah, not a good performance by the SEC.
2: But but has it th- so that so Barry Bill Vicker the the tournament has changed. First of all, you got to understand the pigskin preacher here is dressed exactly like Bo Schimbeckler. He's got his Michigan <laughs> stuff on. He's a Big Ten man. He's we got. Took, his,
0: we took down the it, mighty Vols. I was happy about
2: that. He's uh, he's been texting Juwan Howard the entire show. So don't hit anybody, Jawan. Right, just keep, right, right,
1: right, keep well, your. In good text. Otherwise, he might punch you. Keep your, keep a lot of
2: people up. have wanted to punch Rick Barnes, and I'm glad Jawan didn't do it. So that, that was nice. Um, but but the but the reality is the way the tournament is built now: 64 teams. You got some play-in games. We start the play-in sometime in December, I think. Um, that these mid-major programs, many of them are senior-laden mm-hmm. guys that have been there for a little while. They they uh, you. you they play with a level of consistency that a lot of the Power Five conference big winner teams, the one and done types, that that inconsistency bubbles up at the worst time, and all of a sudden, you know, Saint Peter is no longer at the pearly gates. He's out there dropping dimes on everybody, moving <laughs> on to the Sweet 16, and Adolf Rupp is rolling over right. in his grave. Isn't yeah. this
1: the well, best?
2: Isn't this the best time for parity, though? I mean all across the board in terms of college, in college hoops.
1: Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal, you know, mm-hmm. it's been like that in hoops for a little while with the, you know, transfer boom, but mm-hmm. uh, at least in, in relation to football. But, I mean, yeah, if if you're expecting to be a one-and-done and you don't get to play, then you transfer somebody else, somewhere else, and you get to play, and likely mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for a smaller school. And so you have these teams like Gonzaga, which obviously Arkansas is going to find out about tonight, where you have you know Drew Timmy and and Nembhard, who have mm-hmm. been there, you know, since the first uh, George Bush era, mm-hmm. it seems like. <laughs> um, you know, but then you but then you also get guys that are you know transferred, that transfer in mm-hmm. uh, in some of these schools that were, you know, not productive because they didn't get a chance at other places. So I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's condensed a little bit, um not a lo- little bit, a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and that's why. You know, you get a situation like Kentucky where you know a bad day is a is a mm. really horrible day. Same thing with Auburn, um, you know, and, and so yeah. I mean, it's just it's part of what makes college basketball um, this time of year so interesting. Um, you know, it's a different mm. sport. You know, I, I don't like to compare sports because they're all different, have different landscapes, whatever. But uh, the fact that you can go into a tournament, you can have. You know, a team like UCLA go from the first four to the to the final four. Mm-hmm. UT does the same thing. George Mason goes to the final four. Uh, uh, what is Chicago uh, went to the final four? It's just it's one of those things where you know it's not going to change because roster fluidity is is going to get bigger, not smaller, and and that's going to benefit some of those smaller schools.
0: So it seems that Greg Sankey's tagline, "It just means more," applies more to football. Than it does to basketball.
2: Yeah, that's that's really uh, up his craw. No, it, it it
1: only applies to any it applies to any sport in which the SEC is successful, <laughs> and then it doesn't apply, it's not successful.
0: Now, the speaking of which, this has nothing to do with anything going on right now. How good is Georgia going to be in football this fall?
1: I think they're going to be good, but I mean, uh, well, uh, not last year good. Um, that doesn't mean they yeah. can't win the national championship, but. Um, you know, it's a different sort of look. Uh, defensively, they're they got to replace an awful lot, losing and their front seven practically. Yeah, yeah. What you, you think? Yeah. You
0: think Bama gets the jump on them this year?
1: I do, okay. um, but I mean, that's not to say Georgia's not defensively. You know, de- uh, good defensively, they're just not going to be what they were last year,
0: historically is, good, you
1: know,
2: right? Yeah,
1: historically good. So then, you know, what, what happens with Georgia then is okay. What happens to the offense? Can they make up that? You know, mm-hmm. that deficiency or relative deficiency. And like I, I think Seth and Bennett's fine. I think the bigger issue for Georgia is finding wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a lot of them mm-hmm. uh, to help Setson out. Um, you know, A.D. Mitchell, who obviously is now a legend, is uh, is back. And, and so there's that. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's just sort of complementary football. Georgia's defense is going to take a little bit of a step back, and their offense is going to have to take a step forward. And, and a lot of that's on Seth and Bennett. Can he be that guy that – is more of a difference maker, you know, and and he did that in the national championship game. That drive after Alabama mm-hmm. took the lead was a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, but he needs to be—he's going to have to do more of that, and and you know, we'll, we'll see if he can. He has never had the opportunity to be a number one starter in an offseason, so that will certainly help.
2: You wrote a couple of articles in the last uh, couple of weeks—one about uh, Brian Kelly at LSU, the other uh, about Auburn and the. Uh, so to, to use the word tumultuous at Auburn, <laughs> uh, dysfunctional. It, it well, okay. Well, let me back up then before we get too deep into this. What really happened there? Is this we we know the history with Auburn? Is this a situation where you've got some major boosters who looked and thought, "Uh oh, we're in." Let's, let's we failed quickly. Let's get this over with. Let's come up with a reason here. Let's find something and manufacture this and get and move things along. Or was, was there really some fire with all that smoke? Or is, 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 is Auburn hurt enough internally that this could have a five-year effect on the program?
1: I think mean, it's not going to have a five-year effect. I mean, with player with fluidity and everything, you're, yeah. they can find dudes. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think essentially why Harson was hired ultimately almost led to him getting fired. Because if you remember when he got hired, and all, all the Kevin Steele stuff, Basically, Alan Green and Jay Hughes, yeah. the AD and, and president, said, "Screw it, we're going to go get our own guy. Like we're going to strengthen the sphere of influence." Yeah. And they did. Like that's what Harson was hired to do. He was hired to get everybody out of the way and run his program. And I theoretically, that's exactly what Auburn needed. And I, it might be still what Auburn needs. Mm-hmm. But then you go six and seven, you yeah. know, and then you lose your offensive or your wide receivers coach. Yeah. You um, you know, you have, what is it, 22 players go on the transfer portal. You hire a guy for the offensive coordinator who has to, to, to leave after two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. if, if they went eight and four, then those boosters who were used to having control would likely have stepped back and said, all right, well, you know, that's a good start. Let's go. Um, but they didn't. And <laughs> so yeah. that's why... They, they want to step back in and, and, and regain that influence. But here's the thing about Auburn last year. They they went six and seven. They could easily have been nine and three the way their games went. They also could have easily been four and eight.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now, so
1: it, it's one of those things where, like, it, Carson, it, it almost worked. I mean, they, they almost beat Alabama. That was incredible. Um, they beat LSU and Baton Rouge for the first time since 1999. They beat Ole Miss and Arkansas, mm-hmm. two teams that were consistently in the top. So, so there were good things that happened. And mm-hmm. so it just was a crappy situation. And the, the powers at Auburn, I mean, it's hard for them to take a step back. But if he'd have been successful, if he'd have been 8-4, they would have.
2: It, it is, but you are right. It's always been the knock is that um, it's tough to have any kind of consistency, not because of a lot of the stuff, around Auburn, meaning good facilities, tradition, recruiting, all that. It's the Yellowwood guy and and the other guy. Chuck's Barbecue and Opelika. I was going to say it's the nine boosters who all have private jets who feel like they run the program. And so the attempt to to divorce yourself from that, that, you know, everyone should have seen that coming. That's going to be as tough as it possibly can because if you're that Yellowwood guy or whomever, you know, I mean – you you hold on pretty tight, right? It's not just a skybox. When it's... You drive by the business building and Bobby yeah. Louder's names
0: on yeah. it. That's yeah. every yeah. reminder yeah. you
2: need. So.
1: Excellent Chuck's barbecue reference, by the way. <laughs> I, I love that door. place, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> I go there. Good. I go
0: there on football days on Saturday, and I get a it's two for one. Mm-hmm. I just get yep. a sack of barbecues yep. and watch the games until I go. go to the Auburn game. Fantastic.
1: It's so good. When, when, I, when I went there, there was a Chuck's barbecue literally. Um, Yards from my front door. Of my oh apartment. man, that's uh, awesome. the other one that was on Jim Jordan Parkway. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I but it, yeah, I mean, here's the thing though: like with Jimmy Ray and, and all those other boosters, yeah, yeah, they want control, but if they want to win more, yeah, and that's the thing is like with all these boosters, yeah, they want to have control no matter what school it is. They want to have control, yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they want to win more than they have control. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they like to do it their way, but if yeah. they if they don't have it their way and they still
2: Going to be okay with that. Does Brian Kelly at LSU start the football season with the most pressure on him of any football coach? You left Notre Dame, you've gone down, and again, you, you wrote about this um, uh, yesterday, I think, day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. yesterday? Um, yeah. And, and he's, he's, changed, he's having to change some things. And look, b- bottom line is with Will Wade gone, I mean, there's a move to, with the Title IX lawsuit. Uh, I love Louisiana. I love Louisiana politics. I love LSU. (laughs) It's all kind of a little grimy and dirty. uh, But there is a sense now, like, we got to play by the rules here, and we got to bring in some adults to clean stuff up. And you get the sense that's what he's trying to do, right? He's trying to change the culture of that program.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, he's hiring his guys, too, whether it be, you know, assistants from Mm -hmm. Notre Dame or back at the Cincinnati days or Mm -hmm. even Grand Valley State. You know he's hiring guys he trusts, and they are outsiders. It's a lot like what yep. Arson did last year. Yep. Um, you know, and and so yeah, I mean he's got a lot of pressure. I'd say Lincoln probably has more at USC, but in terms of the yeah. SEC, yeah, he's got he, he's got to clean up the culture. That's well, and on top of that, they're at a sheer numbers disadvantage too because yeah. uh, we saw that in the Texas Bowl. They had like three guys on scholarship yeah. that yeah. played in that game. Yeah. But I mean. I, He's, he's got pressure on him, but I, I think it's one of those years for LSU and and, and I think the, the, the powers that be sort of expect this is, is it is a bridge year. you know they're not going to go nine and three. If they go seven and five, okay, fine. Yeah. you know that's a, that's a step forward. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is, is changing the culture because um, you know I, I covered uh, I was at seven LSU games when they won the national title. Um, that entire roster was laser-focused, and a lot of that was because of Joe Burrow's leadership, mm, mm-hmm. but laser-focused on the task at hand. The last two years, there's been 85 guys going in 85 different directions, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. Brian Kelly's biggest issue is, is figuring that out and fixing that.
2: I, I've often said you could not take instructions on how to defuse a bomb from Ed Orgeron over the phone, <laughs> and that they really didn't turn his headset on because there's no way you could understand what he was saying. And, uh, and I think a lot of that was borne out real quickly, Barrett, because we got to run. Uh, ESPN showing uh, how Gonzaga is going to move on tonight. How does Arkansas? What type of chance does Arkansas have, and how can they win the game tonight?
1: They got to deal with Holmgren. You know, I know people talk about Timmy, and we saw what happened. Um, you know, in the second half of last game, they they've been really really ugly the first half in both uh, in both games. Um, so they need to, Arkansas needs to jump out to a good lead, and they need to stop Holmgren because there's not a lot of folks that can can match up with the mm-hmm. seven-two center. So mm-hmm. uh, if they do that, then they got a chance. And, and you know, stop, stopping them hard and Simmy going to be tough too. Um, but I think Holmgren's the key. If they can just force Gonzaga to be more of an outside team and slow down that pace, they'll mm-hmm. be all right.
2: Well, we love you and Pat Bradley. I, I catch you guys occasionally on uh, Sirius XM. Uh, love that show, and of course, we love Pat. Oh, appreciate I, it. I, uh, Pat and I've uh, we've bent the elbow more than a few times together, and probably <laughs> you know who couldn't who couldn't enjoy the shooter. You know, he's 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 a walking good time waiting to happen, and a great. He is just really one of the top notch basketball guys. I think, outside the SEC, just all over. No he's doubt. So insightful. No doubt, absolutely. And such a wonderfully likable good guy, too. We we love our Pat Bradley in Arkansas.
1: Yeah, he's a good dude, and I appreciate that.
2: We appreciate you, my friend. Take care.
1: All right, See you.
2: Thank you.